Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. In fact, wherever or whenever you're listening to this episode of the NI Golf Channel podcast, we're back again. Myself and Miss Self, how are you? I'm grand, thank you. How are you? Very well, thanks. Yes, very well. The Masters has started. The Masters has started. The Masters is over. The golf season has started. It's time to rock and roll and talk loads of golf, Emma. So where are we? It is. Well, we will indeed. We're going to reflect on the Masters that was, of course, won in style by John Ram. Yeah, I can been, be smug about that later. Yes, a wee bit, a wee <laughs> bit of smugness for me later. I've been speaking to Tourism NI's golf marketing manager, George Diamandis, about the NI swing. Mm, and we've got some amateur news as well. Right. So onward with a wee bit of golf politics. So we thought we'd better get this mm-hmm. out of the way soon because, <laughs> as you know, we do try and spend our time not speaking about live golf. However, while the Masters was on and um, the DP World Tour won its legal battle to be able to spend and fine live golf players. Uh, that mm-hmm. was after an independent UK-based panel of sports resolutions found in its favour. So really, this allows the tour to set regulations going forward, which will impact players and their opportunities to play a DP World Tour events, Ryder Cup, etc. So mm-hmm. It would seem that the par in this particular battle is certainly now with the DP World, so it'll be interesting to see what to do. Now, Katrina Matthew Obey, who of course led Europe to back-to-back Solheim Cup victories, is going to captain Great Britain and Ireland in the 2024 Curtis Cup at Sunningdale. And here's what Beanie had to say. Obviously, you know, I've learned so much over the years playing, obviously, in the three Curtis Cups and then I played in nine Solheim Cups. So, um, you know, that's a lot of captains I've been under. And when I was captain of the Solheim, I just kind of took things that I liked when I was playing and things I didn't like. And then I tried to kind of eliminate the things I didn't like when I was captain. And I think the main thing with the Curtis Cup will be getting to know the players more. Obviously, at the, the Solheim, I knew the players more from, from playing with them, but um, getting to know them and just uh, kind of communicating with them. They might need perhaps a little bit more help. You know, they don't have their regular caddy to help them kind of plot their way around the golf course. But um, don't get me wrong, they're at the peak of amateur golf. They're, they're great players. So um, it's more of me just kind of guiding them rather than telling them what to do. And congratulations and good luck to our old mate Simon Thornton, who has recently taken on the role of PGA professional at Spa Golf Club. Fantastic news. And more fantastic news in Shane Laurie being the latest big name to commit to the Horizon Irish Open when it returns to the K Club from September the 6th to the 10th. The 2019 Open champion, who finished in a share of 16th at the Masters tournament last week, made headlines on his Irish Open debut, of course, 10 years prior, when he became the first amateur winner of the tournament and just the third player to win on the DP World Tour before turning professional. Never forget that I'm, I was there for that for that final day. That was the rain hammering down in Baltre. Oh my goodness! It that was, week. Was what what uh, what an event! Well, it was almost as bad as it has been here recently. Were you there? Did you cover it? I was there. I was there from the Monday before until this Saturday, and then I was away after that. Unfortunately, so, missed the so end. Wet. So wet. Um, yeah. Okay. Yes, I mean, part of me was sad not to be there, but the other part was dry. So there we go. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Masters Review time. Um, let's mm-hmm. start right off the bat, Emma, with who fared best in terms Come of the tipping. Now yes. then, which of us do you think backed mm-hmm. John Ram? 
Hmm, Would it be the no. person who backs John Ram religiously <laughs> in every major for the last three <laughs> years? Or would it be the person who just backs the man again and thinks he's got a chance? Well, listeners, yes, it was indeed. Myself, I put the money on John Ram. Well done, John Ram. Superb performance. He came through with the goods. Myself, could you please explain yourself? Why did you not go for John Ram? Okay, so probably the fact that I didn't pick him is why he won. Let's not make any bones about that for starters. And to be perfectly honest, I thought his withdrawal from the TPC because he'd been in such amazing form and so dominant, I thought there's something serious going on there and there's no way he'll make it in one piece around Augusta with all those hills. I mean, we saw the state of Tiger, obviously that's one extreme, but you know, you've got to have everything in in complete alignment to get round Augusta for four days never mind win there let's be honest I just didn't think he had it in him so I didn't put money on him and I think I said to you before the pod I really would have put him and Rory the other way around I thought McElroy primed as ready as he's ever been (sighs) I did not I did not trust in John and I will Forever. But I still massively wanted him to win. I just no. I'm it sorry so much, if you don't so put money I on felt it. You like can't. I put money on it. No, I'm sorry no, if you're not backing no. it with hard. I cash, still need money on speed. No, I'm, I'm sorry. Speed. I'm taking speed. Once you step away from a man you've supported up to now, you can hardly say that. Yeah, in your heart you wanted him to win. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're not getting that one. I'm going to have to hold you to that. Um, I would say fine. that you were talking about something serious. There, you thought it was mm. something serious, and it certainly was something serious in that John mm. Ram was all business. Right from the mm. start of the tournament, he was all business. Mm. And he was in the zone. Well, and to after be honest that, with you, deserved. After, but even still, that, that, that <laughs> know, shows you, doesn't it? I know, doesn't like, it? Really, he shook that off. Many's a man with a collapse he owed. He was in the zone, shook yeah. it off, and got on with it. What so, was his quote? Something about if you're going to make a double bogey, make it on the first because yeah. you've got 71 holes to oh, <laughs> recover. Like, a brilliant he's performance. Just such a class act in oh, every brilliant. way. A brilliant winner. A brilliant performance and uh, a worthy winner. I think. I don't think anybody would begrudge him. He conducts himself well. Yeah. He speaks well. He uh, follows a line of great Spanish winners. Um, and unfortunately, Emma, we're still waiting for an Irish breakthrough, and as you mentioned, the whole Rory McIlroy collapse. So here's what I'm thinking. I've I've done Mm -hmm. a wee bit of thinking about Rory. Yeah. So I'm actually thinking that the match play was not what we thought it was. Yes, he was winning, Mm -hmm. but when you reflect on it, it was hard fought. He was scrapping a lot of times. He wasn't Mm -hmm. playing particularly. He played a couple of really good rounds in it but it wasn't stroke play it wasn't card in hand and it covered up some of the issues which have been bedeviling him from the start of the year and Mm -hmm. it unfortunately all fell apart under the scrutiny of a major so he's away licking his wounds at the minute he isn't playing in the rbc heritage which is a big decision because to be Massive. honest with you, I think that means that the next time he goes out, he has to answer even more questions. Mm. So um, I wonder how this affects him. It's going to happen mm. one of two ways. The Rory in the past, on the back of something really depressing and bad like that, responds with, I'm going to show you, and goes on a tour. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. That's a Rory we both hope comes back. Absolutely. The other Rory is the one that gets into a bit of a funk and mm-hmm. has a, a long spell of not playing too well. So, And this is not the time of year we want to see that happening. No, <laughs> like the next major is only, only a month away. Yeah, PG's, absolutely. Yeah. So what did you think of, yeah. did you, you know, you were surprised, obviously. It's Well, I was, but I think you make very good points. And I think maybe it's interesting you say the pressure of a major, because I wonder about pressure of a major and pressure of masters. I think they're two different things for him. I think it's so specific, the pressure that he puts himself under and everybody else. You know, there's been a couple of times, you know, when the there was the Bryson comments about that it's a power 67, all those nonsenses when the light's been taken off him and it's been a bit easier to relax. But basically, since he's won all the other three, it's like, you know, the Mickelson pressure of the US Open that he's never got. You know, it's 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 so intense, the Grand Slam pressure. And and then everybody's reporting, oh, he's been talking to Jack and he's been talking to Tiger. And you're like, oh, it's all the stars are aligning. But, but actually, maybe he's got too much going on in that head. To miss the cut the way he did was was yeah I think was the thing you know that brutal. was bloody hell like it 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 wasn't even close he wasn't close ever so time to think time to think in terms of the 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 uh, the whole Irish contingent Shane did okay how did he get on so, well yeah he he sounded a wee bit not disappointed exactly his sort of look back on it so he said it reflected his season so far how things have been going there was some good there was some bad and it wasn't quite where he'd want or expect to be and I think that's a that seems like a fair enough and a very honest yeah. and, and Seamus, insightful summary really Seamus, Seamus did okay just, a second time didn't well, the, make much the, the par three I think probably the exciting like back to back colon ones in the par three for him was so exciting and you just but then that's the and then you get all excited and then do nothing in the of, tournament Nothing on the real tournament. And, I know and Matt McLean started so well, was looked like it was going I to know. be a great, a great win, but still a brilliant experience. And I don't think anybody had as good a build up to a tournament as Matt. He played golf. Mm-hmm. If you're following him on Instagram, his Instagram feed mm-hmm. alone was full of some <laughs> of the best golf courses I've ever seen. He must have mm-hmm. played golf everywhere he could in the build up and fair play to him. He made a great, a great experience. Well, what else do you do? Go out there and lap it up. Not everybody can Sam Benedict their way around. <laughs> That's actually what I was going to talk about. I think you know what what a what a if if you know if you talk about Ram's performance being so good, mm-hmm. the, the the story of it was Bennett when you think about it, the way yep. he, the way he played, unfazed, mm-hmm. uh, conducted himself well, didn't seem to get in any way too flustered. Lloyd did get a wee yeah. bit flustered, but not too flustered, and. Uh, just continued to plod along doing his thing. Great, great, bright spark. He was, he was, he was, it was, it was great. And I think as well, in the middle of all the, oh, live players are here and blah, blah, blah stuff. It was nice to have somebody who's so straight, you know, the connection to proper grassroots golf, albeit at a ridiculously high level, but somebody like that doing well. And and everyone just, everyone was so behind him as well. Like that must have felt absolutely out of this world for him. I can't imagine what that must have felt you know for all he's saying i'm used to playing and i'm comfortable playing in front of a lot of people that's yeah. um that's another that's yeah. another it's a different league. level it's another planet it's um he he was fantastic it was just and i think it was you know when when he did so well on the first day and i was like oh that's great you know everyone is genuine and then when he backed it up immediately it was like hang on a wee sec here this guy is you know he's blitzing it this is unbelievable 
Yeah, the so, real deal. Yeah, that. And he went home. Was, he uh, went home then and played in a in a college tournament. Yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> love it. Love it. So anyway, the monster starts a golf season. It was a wee bit weird with all the rain, but gives us plenty to look forward to. So, in the last podcast, we revealed details of a new initiative for golf in this part of the world, the NI Swing. And as a follow-up to that, I caught up with Tourism NI's golf marketing manager, George Diamandis, to get a bit more insight into the ambitions for the NI Swing. So, George, just quickly, before we get into the NI Swing, which is obviously why we're on today, um, can you give us a bit of an overview of how the golf product in Northern Ireland is post-COVID? Because we obviously know things were very difficult for a few years there. Yeah. Hi, Paul. Thanks very much for having me on. And it's it's great, obviously, to to be back post-COVID and, and sharing some good stories for a change. Um, it was a difficult couple of years there across the industry. Post-COVID, things are looking very positive. Um, I think golf golf's had a really shot in the arm across all aspects of player numbers in terms of the, the, the desire for people to get back out and play. Travel across Tourism generally isn't quite back to the 2019 levels yet, um, but I would say golf is as as far as we can, as far as we have the capacity for for visiting golfers to come play. We had a backlog of deferred business over the pandemic, so uh, very few trips were cancelled. People were just, you know, if we can push through to next year, that's fine, but just keep the tea the tea times available. So we had a real bumper year last year, um, really really busy across the industry, and it's looking to be very very busy again this year. Um, but where we really saw a, a good uptake was in the close to home markets. So if you look at the Republic of Ireland and then across GB, where we weren't able to travel very far. So people you know, started looking closer to home and playing courses or playing in regions that they haven't necessarily visited before. And we saw some big increases, particularly in the Republic of Ireland market. We had a, a survey or a report drawn from BRS and tea time booking data. And up from 2019, we're up 230% on booking tea times, just tea times um, and tea time revenue, but from the Republic of Ireland. So very positive post-COVID. It's looking really, really good, both across the, you know, the big links products for the international visitors, but then the closer to home markets that'll play the, the smaller courses and play the shoulder seasons as well. Excellent stuff. So the NI swing, when you think about it, it seems unbelievably sensible and you think to yourself, why did we not think of this before? So where did it come out of? Who's the driving force? Was it yourselves? Was it one of those weird conversations in a side room somewhere? Or has it been planned? I think there's been a lot of planning that goes into the background of this. And this is really led by the NI Open um, and led by Gary and the team up at Galgorm. Um, typically, well, last year, we used to have the, the NI Open, which is sit on the clutch tour. And then you'd have the Euro Pro Tour as well. And that was beginning to build a bit of momentum, but unfortunately, post-COVID, due to the current landscape and, and changing consumer habits and, and that the clutch, I mean, the, the Euro Pro Tour folded, and that gave a really op- real opportunity for the clutch to, to pick up on, on the, um, the opportunity there. So the NI swing came out the back of that, that there was the NI Masters, which was beginning to build a bit of traction in the, on, the, on the Euro Pro Tour. And it made sense to bring, if you're bringing the golfers over from Scotland or from uh, England, Wales and, and um, England, Wales over to Northern Ireland, made sense to keep for two tournaments, to keep them here over an, over a, a week and a half, as opposed to flying back later in the season. 
So the NI Swing is going to be almost like a festival of tournament golf. We'll have it start off at the NI Masters and Clanley Boy um, on the, it's the 14th and 18th of June, 14th to 16th of June, I beg your pardon. And then the golfers will stay over the weekend, have a, enjoy the crack in, in Belfast and around Northern Ireland, and then continue for the NI Open the following week with the Pro-Am at Bikendu and the, um, the NI Open at Galgorm again. Brilliant. Um, um, in terms of what we're trying to get out of it, so obviously there's probably a, a, a couple of angles here. We want to give young golfers a chance to play and to develop. But from Tourism NI, it's a slightly different desire. It's probably about selling inland courses, trying to let people be aware that there's there's more to NI golf than your big links products. Yeah, you're right. I, I think, you know, there is a responsibility, not, not maybe necessarily from our side, but to generate or to provide an opportunity for the up and coming golfers. Um, if you look at the the ambassadors that we have and the golfers that have come out of Northern Ireland, they do more for marketing the region than, than any activity that we can do through campaigns. So to support the up and coming golfers from grassroots level is a very, very important thing to do. But from the, the reputation or, or the profile of the destination, events like this really give us an opportunity to promote golf in Northern Ireland and us as a world-class golfing destination will get um, added exposure across media outlets. We'll get TV coverage over on Sky TV through the duration of the tournament. Um, and then also for the profile of the courses themselves. So it's a lot easier to promote and, and, and sell the golf course that has hosted premier events. If you're looking even at ourselves, if we're going away for a weekend somewhere, the events you've heard of or seen on TV will be the ones that sort of stick out and, and make you or have give you the desire to go and play. So they're really important for us to sort of help drive um, the reputation of these clubs and then for visiting golfers to come and play. Yeah, you're right, off the links courses and, and see some of the fantastic other product that we have. So as we know, we've got the ISPS Honda, we've got the NI Swing, and it all feels like we're building up, funnily enough, to a couple of years' time and the Open Championship, which will be another fantastic occasion, we all hope. Are we going to see more of these type of events? Is, have you, is there anything in the offing? There's certainly no lack of desire for it. Um, but, uh, you know, the Open's, the, the Open's less than two and a half years away now. So um, in terms of new events coming in and being able to plan and deliver them, no, I don't think we'll have anything outside of the cluster, unfortunately. Um the NI Swing, I mean, you know, now, now being sponsored by Mizuno, so it's rebranded re as the Mizuno Next Gen Series. Um, the, you know, the long-term desire of that is to become a sustainable tournament and to be able to play year on year, and, and we'll build on that as we go. But the focus coming up to 20, 2025 will be around before we know it. So I, we'll, we'll have no other new events coming in, unfortunately, but I don't think that's for any lack of desire. Yeah, and, and and the world is different and finances are difficult and it's it's not always easy. People, as we often talk about in the podcast, the background to putting on events takes a lot of resources and takes a lot of time and we're in different worlds than maybe we were 10 years ago. In terms, yeah, of, your exactly. own role, in, in terms of your own role, George, how are you finding things you're in post a few years now? Um, Obviously, you had to deal with COVID. Are you enjoying the role? Yes, I absolutely love it. Um, for me, you know, being able to promote Northern Ireland becomes, it's a very easy sell because I just get to talk about my personal experience and, and how much I enjoy 
the people and the, the the crack and what there is to see and do here getting into the golf role is really nice because it's a very specific project or very specific um, product should i say so looking after golf itself there's a nice element of product development working with the golf clubs in the golf industry in terms of what is required to match the expectation or meet the expectation of international visitors um, but then to promote i mean what a what a privilege it is that we've got two of the top 10 golf courses in the world you know, an hour and a half drive from each other. So it's not a very difficult sell when um, speaking internationally to, to people to say, look, here's what we have. And, and this is this is what you can expect to experience when you come here. So yeah, been been coming up to two years now and I'm absolutely enjoying it. And I presume going back to the open, there's going to be the usual big marketing plans, lots of things tied around it. Because I think sometimes when, when we look back on the last open, and I say we, the Northern Ireland, we didn't really get the chance to to really get the benefit of it because we had the Open, we had Shane winning, and then we more or less straight into COVID. Hmm. So we, we didn't get the people through that we wanted to until a couple of years later. Yeah, we didn't. Uh, and unfortunately, the pandemic sort of took that away from us. But then, you know, the fact that it's coming back again so soon, I think is really testament to how successful it was here. I think one thing that... Um, you know, look, it was a fairy tale, a fairy tale tournament with Shane Shane winning and then walking up that 18th fairway on the on the on the final day was was something really memorable. But for 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 the Open brand, what it what Northern Ireland brought to it was almost like a Ryder Cup atmosphere. It was something so special, and anyone you speak to that attended the event, you know, the the enthusiasm and the friendliness of all the volunteers, how slick everything worked from the transportation to getting in and out of the venue to people getting back to Belfast and, and, and um, the sort of festival atmosphere that was around for it was, was something really special. So we, we're really looking forward to capitalizing on that, looking forward past 2025. You know, you, the, the profile of Northern Ireland as a golf destination and, and encouraging people to come here and play golf um, will be, will be you know, something we'll be able to, to, to pick up on what we didn't have last time around. But looking towards the marketing campaigns and that, you know, it was slightly different last last time around because it was the first time we invested heavily into you know, promoting the ticket sales because we weren't too sure how it would go. And the tickets sold out in record time. So then we're you know, back to the drawing board and pulling all the campaigns that we had ready to go live and said, well, you know, the tickets are gone. Now what? We, you know, we've, we've got all this activity we've planned out for a long, long time and we didn't need it. So we'll be a bit, uh, a bit, mind, a bit more mindful of that this time around. And I think we really want to make a focus on it, you know, the civic pride element. You know, we want to try have it, if we can, really feel that across Northern Ireland. And it's not as easy to do as what we had with the the Giro when the Giro d'Italia cycling came in. Um, but it, it is something that the whole of Northern Ireland embraced so much back in 2019. We really, really want to try share that as much as we can across the region for 2025. Brilliant, George. Doesn't thank you very much for coming on the podcast. Uh, hopefully we'll see you out in the course now over the course of the summer. Super, yeah. Looking forward to it. It's been a long winter. <laughs> <laughs> and it is, uh, as we've seen, the start of April. So, yep, the Masters, but also means the amateur season is well underway, even though it does indeed currently feel like November and you know hailstones outside. You hailstones today. I was starting, I'm not going to tell you a lie, right? I. It's been so wet that I haven't been able to get out to play golf because the buggies aren't out a lot. 
Um, there has been some golf though. Um, Elton Parks, Emma Fleming and Rogan Stones, Sean Keeling were recent winners of the 36 hole scratch cups at Royal Portrush. Emma returned to Dublin with the Zara Bolton Scratch Cup, while Sean 16 from Roganstown finished a shot clear of his two nearest challenges, one of whom was his brother Patrick, to claim the Ian Bamford Scratch Cup. Yeah, sibling rivalry. Yeah, I love it. Together. I noticed they made the point of saying Sean's younger there, he's 16. Uh, mm. They play at Roganstown, uh, developing a number of really good players out of that club. So uh, keep your eye on some of these guys. They're going to come through. Uh, English golfer James Claridge ended hometown favourite Barry Anderson's journey back to the final to claim the Cranleys Audi West of Ireland Amateur Open Championship uh, over Easter. The Anvil Sensation secured a 6-5 and five win in the match play final of the centenary event. Centenary event of the West of Ireland. Unbelievable. After he overpowered yeah. the 2017 champion. And notice in the rain-soaked early holes on Tuesday afternoon. They got some hammering over there, which they normally get in the West, but I believe the weather was pretty poor. That's hard to imagine the West of Ireland's 100 years old. Incredible, isn't that? That's fantastic. It really is. I'm sure it's seen some rain in its day, though, as you yeah. <laughs> say. Yeah, it's usually it's, it it's a right, years. <laughs> it's a rite of passage, I believe, to go and play in the West and get absolutely hosed on. And now also Donnerill golfer Paula Walsh claimed her second Munster Women's Senior Amateur Open Championship after a thrilling victory in Monkstown. Walsh shot one under to hold off the challenge of Lisa Cullen, Aideen Walsh and Lauren Kelly, who all finished just one stroke behind her. Yeah, so the season is really underway for all the championships. I had a recent uh, chat with some of the Golf Ireland people and um, work is underway to develop and run a full season. Um, it's mm-hmm. going to be plenty happening, obviously, with the ladies and the girls and the boys and the men and Disability Golf coming back again this year. The Irish Disability Open returns in Brilliant. June to Roganstown. So plenty happening. We'll keep you up to date with all the amateur stuff, as always, over the course mm-hmm. of the season. And finally, Emma, that's about us. Uh, yes. Oh, some good news, though. Before good, we good. go, some big, big news. Huge congratulations to our friend, friend of the pod, Ooh. Stephanie Meadow, who recently Ooh. tied the knot with Kyle Callan. And for the honeymoon, two of them are currently working. So they're, they're, <laughs> she's playing, uh, uh, Stephanie's playing at the LPGA event. Surprisingly enough, in Hawaii, not a bad spot. Congratulations and good luck to the two of them as they embark on a new life together. Great news, Aww. isn't it? Great to see. That's lovely. Now, I have to say, I went to two days of the Irish Open in Port Rush as my part of my honeymoon, but I was not working. I was very Aww. much not playing. <laughs> look at that's that's fine, Emma. That's so romantic. You got married. Lovely. You got married, and you thought, you know what we'll do? We'll go to the Irish Open, Rapport Rush, twenty twelve. We did. We did. Lovely. It was, lo- it was not Hawaii. <laughs> no, it certainly was not Hawaii. But it was better. It was better. <gasps> it was class. It was think, class. Think of all the history and everything. So yes, that's great. Hope Stephanie goes well now as well. She's back playing regularly on the on the LPGA. So good luck to Stephanie and Gay. Yes, and- and everybody going forward brilliant so Emma that's us listen that's us back of another one uh, we'll go back again next time thank you very much as always thank you and uh, we'll see you all soon bye bye alright don't touch me, don't touch me. <laughs> see you shaking that ass
Shaking that ass. 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 Shaking that ass.